Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd. Plus, you're loving him, Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! Friday! Here we are! Here Friday we are! This, I was thinking on the way in, this is the first Friday in four months that we're really like, we don't have that big thing to come. Yeah. No. We're just kind of sitting here yeah. thinking about the other teams. Well, the bye week. Alive. There was the bye week. But still, I guess, it's still in season. We could still talk about, well, 10 days from now or two weeks, you know, and right. it's just now it's nothing. That's it. What it's, a it's screeching the, hold, isn't it's it? It's the dead time between the start of the end of football and the start of baseball. I'm still excited about the playoffs, but it's not the same. No, it's when, not when the same. When it's teams you don't care about You, as you much. know what? You're going to laugh at this. Boy, you'll understand it. What I'm most excited about right now in the sports world? We're within a month of pitchers and catchers. That's right. <laughs> That's Actually, what I'm most excited Guards about. Fest this weekend. That's right, baby. Let's yeah. go. I'm excited to see, uh, well, nobody. Um, <laughs> but but uh, a few guys. Well, strong. But, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, uh, this year, so I don't know if you guys know this, but the season's actually starting. The Dodgers and Padres are playing two games in South Korea to start the regular season. Oh, I thought you meant like coming up soon. No, no, no. Yeah, the the, the first But it's starting the earlier. Like right. they're playing, I think, the March. third week of March. Yeah. And then they'll fly back and then the rest of the season starts. But so the Padres and Dodgers actually report to camp a couple of days before the Super Bowl, which is Wow. That's never And then happened. the other teams are reporting to camp right after the Super Bowl. Yeah. The Super Bowl's, week. Baseball's starting a little earlier these days. The Super Bowl's been pushed back a week since they went to the seven so almost, games. Which is perfect. Back to back. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I don't like what's No ball, because college nice. basketball doesn't do it for no. me. And no. the NBA is still kind of in that boring stretch, waiting yeah. in April. Uh, Speaking Michael, of reporting late, we have to address the elephant who's not in the room right now. G. Bush <laughs> yeah. texted us <laughs> at 9.50 this morning. At 9.50 this morning, said... I'm driving in right now. I'm coming in real slow. Well, then something happened to him because um, I was checking our system of traffic cameras. There's nothing. There's no. He must uh, be pushing the car from Euclid. <laughs> Just I, pushing or he ran in. out of gas or he got stuck in a well, ditch. Well, he called us were, and said he was running late. I don't know what happened. I, I got the text at 1046. There I'm going to be no, late. It's crazy on the roads right now. But there, I don't know. Maybe there was something that wasn't being reported because I check into our network every once in a while and it will show red. It will show or you know, and I didn't see anything. No, I which mean, was stunning we, to yeah. me. Even Jason downtown, and I come from there the was west nothing. Side, I, I, it only took me like maybe five minutes to it, longer we, than me too. Took. Same yeah. with me. Yeah. It was it was nothing compared to what I mean, I didn't even I couldn't get my snowblower started, which was infuriating. Oh, so but both cars are four wheel drive. I just ran right over it. So, yeah, right. I, yeah, good. Just got right the, out. The, the, the no cars problem. today will do that. Let me give you a quick recommendation on the snowblower. I ditched mine a couple years ago. You're going to laugh at this, and I did too when someone recommended it to me. It's called the Snow Joe. It's battery-operated. It's a shovel. It's light as hell, and it pushes snow as good as some cheap really? gas-powered uh, snowblowers. Yeah. And to give you an idea, I used mine last, probably last March. Yeah. Um, and I just do it for my sidewalks because um, I get the, the driveway pushed. But I've like these sidewalks. They're wide. I've got a lot of snow to push. Yeah. It's just been hanging there with the battery on it in the garage for 10 months. Yeah. I busted that thing out two days ago. 
full power, blew my sidewalks and my really? porches off in 10 minutes. Wow. So look at it. It's well, a, I've got one of those big daddy. Like That's what fun. I have. They're fun. I like They're fun, but things. they take up a lot of space. <laughs> yeah. They use gas. Yeah. And it's just, I, when I saw this snow, Joe, I'm like, because I saw the video and I'm like, there's no way. Then I read the comments and everyone's like, unbelievable, unbelievable. Great, great, great. So I bought one, and I've recommended it to a number of people, and they love it. I have this thing called a uh, uh, cell phone where I text, <laughs> I text a guy named Bill, and I'm like, Bill, can you plow and, and shovel for me today? I so got you it. do yours by the push by appointment then? Yeah. Wow, that's okay. That, I'm not I'm – not, I, I couldn't do that. Well, I signed up to, just today to have it plowed yeah. today because I can yeah. get the snowboard. But I don't know how I'm going to pay him because i got to tell you the story. This is really funny. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> so Wait, prediction, at, Jason lost his wallet. Knowing Jason, he lost his wallet. No. no cash and credit. It could even very better. well be true, but not the case this, here. This was yeah. funny. I mean, it was horrifying in the moment, but it's funny like because you just like, what's going on? So, it, it, obviously, I'm at The Athletic, which is now part of The New York Times. So, when The Athletic first was purchased by The Times, they left everything alone. Payroll was al- – like, everything was always the same. Well, now they're integrating this more into the time Uh-oh. system. So they said, okay, you have to redo, like, payroll's completely different. The way we pay you is totally different. You have to redo, re-input all of this. So, like, back in October, we're inputting all of this information and everything. And now with, like, the new tax codes and everything, obviously that was all redone with holdings and everything. And they said, do you want extra money withheld allowance, you know, for taxes? And I do a bunch of freelance stuff, including this, where not all taxes are taken out. My wife works for a nonprofit. They're not great with taking taxes out. So I put down a sizable chunk. I'm like, just withhold that for taxes. Each well, pay period. Well, wow. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, I see what's coming. Oh. They took it out all at once. They took it out. <laughs> they, so I didn't realize that you're supposed to do yeah, it. Yeah, you got to so do I it. So I put for the year. Oh, no. So our first paycheck came the other day. And I like I look at my phone. And I'm like, well, that's weird. Like there was no deposit drop. Like odd. So I go and find the stub. My paycheck, my first paycheck from the Times this year, zero. Oh, zero. It's no. like what? So you paid your tax bill all up front. Have yeah. I been garnished? Like am I being wow. sued and don't know it? So I I emailed him like. What is going on? And they said you had money withheld. I'm like, yeah, for the year, not in one. Yeah, check. you're supposed to tell them over 26 period. Yeah. Oh, so I still haven't been paid yet. Oh my, <laughs> they're God. working on it. But, but the, like the feeling. You're good for it. We'll vouch for you. I mean, yeah. but the feeling of like your entire check is gone in yeah, that moment. It's like, good. what is going? I seriously thought like I had been garnished by the government or I had been sued or <laughs> I was going to prison. I don't know. It was, it was Or they wild. finally busted you for your illegal wheelings and dealings. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Yeah, I've, been, I've been found out. Yeah. Uh, so whenever <laughs> G gets here, he gets here. He gets here. Yeah, I, we just learned the B and Jason B. Lloyd stands for broke. So Jason. Apparently it does. That's right. At least Don't now. come to me for it, no money. For, now. Yeah, yeah. Tim Couchy on the show. This will be his last uh, appearance this football season. He'll, of course, join us as needed if we need him for around the draft or the combine. And then, of course, he'll rejoin us at the start of next football season uh, next August or September, whenever we bring him back in. Uh, today at 1230, our 30-minute show on WKYC, which, by the way, will continue through the year, we're told. Yeah. So that show will continue, that 30-minute show on KYC will continue now all the way through 2024 on Fridays at 1230. Today, we're going to have fun. We all voted. When I say all, I mean everybody but G voted. By the way, G was given many opportunities to vote. Yeah, I know he was, never, and I, I saw I you. Don't want people to think we excluded G. No, you G even said didn't vote. Vote or you're going to be called out he, on the air. G's having so, a rough 24 hours. He's having a real rough 24 hours. So yeah. what we did was 
we all voted on the top 10 plays of the year. And Mike tallied up the votes. And we will at 1230. If you're a Browns fan, you're going to want to see this. You can agree with it. You can disagree with it. At 1230, we're going to count down the best 12 plays from the Browns 2023 season 10 to 1. See if it matches up with your list. That so much more over the next 90 minutes. I see the elephant coming in the room now. Uh, in the meantime, hey! good morning and hello to, uh, to Mikey McDougall. He made it. Let's get a quick fan duel read and then we'll hop into our first topic. The NFL's regular season is wrapped up, but there's still plenty of time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed just by placing a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose for brand new customers. And the best part about FanDuel is that the app is so easy to use and there are so many different ways to bet, including live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explorer tab. You can make parlays in the Parlay Hub, which is the best and most popular way to find pre-made parlays and so much more. So make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL, an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. And if you have any winning tickets from FanDuel over the weekend, whether you're betting on NBA action, NFL playoffs, right. make sure you send it to us so we can feature it on the show. And just so you guys know, FanDuel executives get to see these too, and they've been very impressed with some of your winning tickets. So make sure you continue to send those to us as the playoffs, as NBA season. Do we season. have one today or no? Not, not one today, but I'm hoping we're going to get flooded in the inboxes over the weekend. I hope so. so There'll be a lot of betting this weekend. A lot of folks try to get in on that playoff action. You good, man? We were worried about you. Man, these boys. Hey, you, I always enjoy I don't enjoy it, but I always like when people get four-wheel drive, and they think four-wheel drive don't mean you can, you can skate on four wheels, too. <laughs> Black ice don't care about four wheels. No, they don't. <laughs> it doesn't care. I'm like, yeah. you got that F-150. You're in the ditch right now, buddy. Go, 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 we'll see what gets you out of that boy, because that we got about three, four, five trucks. I'm like, look. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 25. We were worried about you. Well, G, we're glad you're here. Let's hop into our first topic, guys, because we have a condensed show because we're on WKYC, as Jay mentioned, <coughs> later at 1230. But the Browns are in need of an offensive coordinator. They have moved on from AVP. They've only interviewed one candidate so far. That was Andy Dickerson, the offensive line coach from Seattle yesterday. But my question today for you guys, how much say should Deshaun Watson have in whoever the Browns end up hiring as their next offensive coordinator? How much should he have or how much will he have? Yeah, there's a big difference between Well, let's the start two. with should, and then let's get to Yeah, will. how much should he have? He should, he should be involved in the process. Yeah. As the franchise quarterback, you should be involved. He will run the process. He's a $230 million quarterback. He's the most powerful figure in the organization. I think this is his call, period. But you don't think it should be his alone? No, I don't think it should be, no. Yeah. I don't think it should be. Is it in a way, if the Browns are handing him the keys, is it, to me, it feels like they're doubling down on a decision that already has been terrible. It's only 40% through, but this, this we haven't seen anything in this two years that's made us think that he's definitively going to be week in and week out the Deshaun that was at his best in Houston. So is this compounding a potential mistake by now saying to him, okay, you pick it? Well, I think that they're looking at it and saying, this is, this is how we save it. This is how we salvage this. What do you want? What do you want to do? They're riding or dying. No Absolutely. question. They have to. Yeah, they no, have right. to. They're 230 million committed. I, I think the, the quarterback of the team should always be involved in the process. Right. If Jason's saying he's going to run the process, I mean. I mean, run it may be strong, but, yeah. but it's going to be, obviously, he's going to be heavily, heavily involved in that's, this. That's terrible. 
I mean, the quarterback shouldn't have the ultimate say. No quarterback. I don't care who you are. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, anything. You should be involved in the process. If I'm a team, I want my most important player, my quarterback, involved. But he can't have the biggest say. That, that's crazy. And if that's the case, then the Browns are once again screwing things up. Gee. My opinion. This is a tough one. Um, Jason put a, put a perfect. Should he have all that power? Or is is it just is what it is? He just has it. He shouldn't have it, but he got it. Um, I, I like to go ahead and go on record and be like, well, look, if you give him, you know, the most say in the quarterback, the quarterback coach or the offensive coordinator search, one thing that you can do is you can say, it's all on you, dog. We've given you. We've given you everything. Oh, I'm already saying that. It's all on him anyhow. We, 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 you know, especially if you, if you, if the play calling isn't necessarily going to be with Stefanski and they're trying to do things to make him feel better about his, you know, confident in his game, then it's all on him. And so you have to say, hey, look, if you want that type of, you want that type of power, you got to, it comes with a lot of scrutiny. And it's going to come with a lot of darts if you're not on point. Yeah. They're going to expect even more than he's already going to yeah, take. They're going to take some darts. And look, they I can't help but think that they saw C.J. Stroud. And you, when you you see something up close, you know, your friends get a new car. And you, you say, I put the car off for two, three years. Yeah. Then your buddy roll up on something new. And you'd be like, dang, man, Jason Lloyd out here winning. Babe. Get it going. Get it going. Give me a key. Give, give me a car. Something. I gotta get something. I got this Mitsubishi. This not gonna work. I think Jimmy Haslam saw CJ Stroud and was like, "Yeah, we need that. We were supposed to be getting that." <laughs> I, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but to me, it seems like the mood of the panel is that is the way it's gonna go down, and may the football gods help us. Well, because he worked his way out of Houston because. He was being vocal in who he wanted as his head coach, and he didn't get his way. So if this goes sideways, the Browns knew what was going on in Houston. The Browns knew why he was available, yet they decided to partner up with him. Not only partner up with him, gave him the keys. Here you go. So I think you guys are exactly right. I think it feels to me like Deshaun isn't happy with the direction of where things were going. I don't think he loved all the discussion over the last six weeks about, oh, we got to get Deshaun in that outfit. We need to get him running that. I don't think he wants to run that. I don't think he feels comfortable running that. And there is some value, by the way, in making your quarterback as comfortable as you yes, can. Yes, 100%. However, I, I liken it to raising kids. You want your kids to be happy. But if your kid wants to eat cotton candy five times a day, that's why you're there. You're there to say, no, 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 that, that's not what we're going to do. We're going to eat three squares and maybe you'll get a nice dessert after one of them and you're going to be fine. And I, I just think in this case, it feels like this wasn't a Kevin Stefanski move. We said that earlier this week. It feels like he's going to have the loudest voice in the room. But let me ask you guys this. Kevin Stefanski puts out a name. Andrew Barry puts out a name. And Deshaun Watson puts out a name. How do you break that tie? Hey, I, you got to throw Dee Podesta in there too. Well, I know. Listen, he's probably going to be the ultimate driver with this. But my question here for this exercise is, if all three of these guys are in the room 
and they're talking and they've interviewed everybody and it's time to take a show of hands. And Stefanski stands up and says, you know what? I want Daryl Bevel. And Deshaun Watson stands up and says, no, 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 no. I need Eric Bieniemy." And Andrew Barry stands up and says, no, 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 no. I need Dickerson or whoever. Who, who ultimate, how, how is the, the best organizational decision going to be made in that instance? I think it's easy. The easy, the, the smart organizations go with what the coach wants. See, I agree with that. I, 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 do. I don't see it any other Jay, way. Is that, if Jay, I'm, is if that I'm, right? Jay, if I'm hiring an assistant general manager, then well, I don't care GM. who the coach wants. Sure. I care who the GM wants. Because that's if his I'm area of expertise. A, a personal trainer as a quarterback, well, I don't care who the coach wants. I want who I want. Sure. This is a guy who's my right-hand man, essentially. I agree If, I, if you're going to be the offensive coordinator for Kevin Stefanski, he's got to be his right-hand man. Agreed. There's got to be some level of respect and loyalty between the guys. If that's not the case and a guy's being forced on him, I, I that's think terrible. It sours the relationship right away. Right. Because I don't know what if it that's... tells Kevin Stefanski is, let's say they go with Andrew Barry or yeah. they go with uh, Deshaun Watson's pick. It automatically tells Kevin Stefanski, well, I'm the low man on the totem pole. I... And I've got to work with this guy. And there's, it's automatically going to be contentious because I didn't want to work with you. Yeah. I'm being told by my boss, who will ultimately hold me responsible if it doesn't work, that now I've got to work side by side with this guy. We said it when he signed the contract. I've written it countless times. As soon as they gave him $230 million, I know sometimes you get your feathers ruffled over, over the size of the contract. But the reality, or, or that fact that we keep talking about it. But the reality is, as soon as you gave him $230 million, he became the most powerful figure in the organization. He gave him the keys. Period. Yeah. He be- well, same thing with all the other big quarterbacks. Was, that's, yeah. that's just the part, like, it's just the quarterback. If you're yeah. decent and you're decent, you're going to get two something. You, you yeah, I mean, all the, big, all the quarterbacks have gotten a lot of money, and those guys have a lot of say. But, but none have- of them have asked to be traded when they were told by the organization, we're not going to go with your guy that I can think of. I think it was deeper than that in Houston. He did want Bienemy in Houston. He really wanted Bienemy in Houston. It was widely written, though, before the thing blew up. You know, remember, it, the timeline of it, I went back and looked a couple days ago because I wanted to make sure I remembered it correctly. It was widely written that Deshaun wants Bienemy and they're not going to, and then boom, he asked for a trade. But later, I, it was, it, later in their careers, but both Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson wanted to be traded in recent years. No, I'm not. Yeah, I don't know if the reason for, like in Russell Wilson's case, it wasn't because. Maybe he demanded that Pete Carroll was going to be fired. If not, yeah, I'm leaving. we don't know why, but and they did demand why. trades. Yeah, yeah. Those guys. It's, yeah. Fu- it's funny that this comes up now because I just was ta- in the run up to the playoff game against Houston. I was talking to somebody last week. Was like, I guess it was, it was before the game. Yeah. Who was deeply involved in Houston's proceedings when Deshaun was there and in the trade and everything else, and he did want the enemy, but also the way it was explained to me was Bill O'Brien had a lot to do with the downfall of everything. Yeah. I remember they traded mm-hmm. Hop. So yeah. there was it was a lot more than I want the enemy. You're not going to give it to me than trade me. It was right. more than that. So that was a piece to it. It was a piece to and it. And Bill O'Brien the was the general manager, too. He was. And, and, and I mean, O'Brien did, it, oh, boy, some of the stuff that I heard about him in Houston. And now it's funny that he's Ohio State OC. He is. So let's wait and see how that plays boy, out. Boy, he's bounced around a lot, hasn't he? Yeah, he, he has. He has. He has really bounced but around. But I think, I think O'Brien was very much responsible for a lot of what went wrong in okay. Houston. You know so, what's crazy? It, it, the crazy part about it is, the way it works is if Deshaun Watson comes out and he is lighting it up, <laughs> I just saw Joe Flacco go through this. 
People will forget all about it. Oh, absolutely. They'll be like, what, who, who, there was never a problem. What do you mean? As long as he keeps throwing these touchdown passes, they won't care who or what he But the problem for. is, and this is what the organization is setting itself up for, if it doesn't go now, the way we think uh, it should go, uh, then the, that is we are closer to the end of the Deshaun Watson experiment than any of us realize if what we see next year isn't closer to what we saw in December from this team. But it's t- remember, we turned the page. <laughs> remember? I said, this This was four years running. I said, first, it was Odell's fault. Get out of here. <laughs> then it was Baker's fault. Get out of here. Then I said, listen, Stefanski, you up next. You got six games. And guess what? Yeah. He passed his test. Now, if they get rid of coordinators, it's on you, bro. It's on Deshaun, all of it. Mm. You got to carry the whole organization. You, hey, you got to say all the right stuff. You better throw these touchdown passes. You got your coordinator. You got what you, you pick the uniforms out. It's your third year. You had the injuries, right? So people done put, went through a lot of things. This season is pivotal. This is it. This is it. Not just for him and the Browns. This is a career defining move. I'm, I'm really anxious to see guys if they're going to take his play calling duties away. And we talked about this maybe yesterday because Jimmy and I had a conversation about this earlier this week. And when I asked Jimmy on the air on Channel 3, do you think that this is leaning towards him losing his play calling duties? Initially, he was like, you know, I, I don't know. I haven't heard much about that. Yesterday, he was pretty definitive that he's going to continue calling plays. I don't know which way the wind is blowing, but I know fans are watching very carefully. If you take his play calling duties away from him now, after coming off the kind of season that he just came off, and you let him retain those duties last season, coming off a season prior where there were all kinds of question marks about play calling, fans are going to look at that and say, that's odd timing. So here's the thing. (laughs) <laughs> we, we don't know for sure what's going on behind the scenes. We we've, don't. we've all heard things and nothing's been, we don't know. It, it'll probably play itself out in the next, in the upcoming days and weeks. We'll right? find out eventually. But here now, it, to me, it would be insane if he's not calling plays next year. I agree. The guy showed you this year with uh, against all adversity that he's an excellent play caller. If they go at higher at OC and that guy's calling plays, there's no way I believe Kevin gave that up voluntarily. Now, Oh, there will, will not be a, give it up there will be a percentage of our fan base that believes everything that's said in public that because Kevin Stefanski is going to be a good soldier, right? If if he does not call the plays, he's not going to say publicly, "Well, they forced me into they it." They won't, bull. But we're all smart enough to know. Well, how that we works. may be, but there's certain mem- there's a percentage of the fan base that's always going to believe the propaganda. Sure, but you know what? We'll seal the deal even for those people if he doesn't have play calling next year and. There's no extension. That tells you all you need to know. That combo will tell you all you need to know. And if that happens, and I hope it doesn't, I hope we're, you know, we're speculating. We don't know. If 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 this is a, a an ownership move, which I mentioned the other day that some, you know, I heard that, it, that this was an ownership move. Don't know for sure, but, you I've know. I've heard the same thing. If this was an ownership move, and to the point where, listen, if they bring in a new coordinator just because they feel like they need a new voice, that's one thing. If they force Kevin Stefanski to to give up his play calling and don't give him an extension, then he's neutered. He's neutered, and most likely next season will be terrible. Let me ask you a question, Jay, because we did discuss this earlier this week, and I did some poking around yesterday because I wanted to find out. 
because I really, honestly, I have to admit, I, I don't know what standard protocol is in the NFL. I found out from asking around, there's really no standard protocol. Each organization does it differently. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, we heard the news that Mike Tomlin indeed is coming back and he's going to get his extension. I've always felt maybe it's just because it's that way in college. In college, you never let a head coach go into his last season. It kills recruiting. They don't need to recruit here, but they do need to keep the momentum and and inertia going in the same direction in the locker room. I find it odd that coming off an 11-win miraculous season in which whether or not he wins it or not, he's widely being mentioned as the coach of the year. I find it interesting, if not odd, that we haven't heard about a Kevin Stefanski extension yet. And I'm beginning to wonder if the reason we haven't heard is because there's some backroom discussions going on. Kevin, we're going to take the play calling away from you. Kevin may be looking at this saying, I'm not good with that. Or maybe the organization saying, if he's not a good soldier and he fights this in any way, we're going to let him go into his last year of the contract without the safety net of the extension. What do you make of all of that? You you always extend a coach with a year left. It's that, a, that's what I thought. It's a lame duck situation. It doesn't matter the sport. Yes, you're right about college football recruiting, 100%. But it's like that in, in the NBA, in NFL, baseball. When you have a year left, if you like the guy, that's when you extend him if you're comfortable with him. Otherwise, it's a lame duck situation. Nobody knows anything. And it just sort of hangs over the franchise for that When year. does that typically happen? I have always remembered it happens the week after the season. It should happen now. During this offseason, yeah. certainly, it is when yeah. it should happen. If right. it doesn't happen, and there are some owners who like to take it up to the end. Dan was one of them. Dan Gilbert was one who liked to take everything up to, until the end, until the very last minute to get things done. But for the most part, if you want to promote stability within your organization, if you want to promote health, that's why I wrote a column halfway through the year. Extend him now. Extend him now and show everyone <clears throat> that th- things are different now. We have our guy and we're standing behind him. Obviously, they didn't do guys, that. Guys, what, what if, guys, what if they're analytical? What if they have the, the analytics behind them that says, we've seen Kevin's offense. We know we charted what he likes to run. We, we know what the route combinations are. And when we compare this offense to other offenses, we feel that this offense cannot win a Super Bowl. I think that's wildly inaccurate. Just because of the fact that he's gotten the most out of every quarterback he's had. Just, just look. Look what he did with Flacco. Look what he did with Jacoby Brissett. Look what he did with Baker. Baker had a great year this year, but he also was great under Kevin. Kevin knows how to get the most out of his quarterbacks. Now, it's unfair to judge this offense after you lose Nick Chubb and after you lose Deshaun. Right. Oh, what do you And you lose your tackles. I'm playing, ju- I'm playing devil's advocate. No, I understand. But I just, I, to me, I, I keep going back to the move. I don't understand it. To me, it's like, they act like 12 and that like this playoff run never happened. Like they, they are. They are. This, like this is a little weird, right? Like, oh, no, they, if, if, if they, yeah, if there's no extension in the next month, then there's definitely something. I on. already think it's fishy. If there's no extension in the, in the next month, it's egregious yeah. and malpractice in my view. Agree. What are you doing? This guy <laughs> was working with Dixie cups as his tackles and lost his best player on offense and five different quarterbacks and we're having this discussion about are they going to extend what's wrong with this and this is me I, I came on the record and raised my hand and said listen Jason you know what the running game is mid and Stefanski might need it listen the whole second <coughs> half of the season so now we get to this point and it's just like man they look like they went into these these postseason meetings 
and everybody got eviscerated. You're like, Meanwhile, we don't know where De Podesta is on any of this stuff. This is the first time in 24 years where the head coach and the GM, if you held up their product and their body of work, you would say that's good enough to stay here. Right. That's this is the it first is. time. You're it's right. It's the first time. I think that's where you where you said it's not good enough, but it's good enough to stay. Well. Yes, it's yeah. good. You've, you've shown enough to show that you are so capable of your job. More time. Yeah, you're you not deserve... incompetent like yes. all the previous regimes. Yes. Aditi made a funny point yesterday because she goes, as far as I can remember, this is the last time a Browns coach has ever gone into the last year of his contract. And I'm like, yeah, they're always fired way before that. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's probably true. It makes no sense. I can't no remember sense. the last time a Browns c- coach was renewed. If Jimmy Haslam or Paul DePodesta or whoever. Hugh, Hugh got an extension. He did get oh. an extension, which is insane. Then he got all of your extensions. They kept that under wraps. So let's just juxtapose what, what I'd forgotten it was so egregious. <laughs> at 0-16, the man got an extension. And at 11-6, and and a trip to the playoffs with smoke and mirrors, we're waiting. Yeah. Crickets. Yeah. If, if Jimmy Haslam is unhappy after – listen, nobody's happy the way the season ended in the playoffs. It's not good enough. And if – Four years from now, Kevin Stefanski still has one playoff win. Then his ass has got to be out of town. I agree with that. Maybe but two he's years. Certainly from now. done but enough right to get now, another look. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he and Andrew Berry have basically built this team from scratch. Yeah, uh, you know some of the previous regimes have a few of the key guys here, but the team's gone from absolute trash to a, a legitimate contender in a few years. There's things they got to fix, and we don't know about Watson. But man. I, I don't understand wholesale changes feeling needed after a season like this seems crazy. Yeah, I, I'm with you, and I'm, I can't imagine that the fan base is sitting back saying, what's really crazy is the apologist fans. Hey, they, they got to go. They've got to go. There's a lot of <laughs> A lot of them, like, we don't care. <laughs> okay. I, I guarantee you. I, I agree that maybe change was in order, but is this where you're going to make your change? I guarantee you there's a segment of the fan base that's like, we're making something out of nothing. This was Kevin's decision. Oh, blah, there blah, always blah. is that portion. Yeah. So that's that's where it comes from. We're purposely being negative or whatever yeah, no, that's... agenda they want to throw on us. Yeah. All right, Mike. We're going to bring Tim Couch in, and we have a quick word. I'm going to let Anthony read this one because I uh, failed yesterday. Ant, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> I know we come to sports to escape from the crazy realities of real life, but can we talk for just a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is really scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than one of my loved ones or one of the kids might get one of my kids, I don't have kids, got sick while a supply chain <laughs> issue kept them from life-saving medicine they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace... The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, I don't know that word, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on to get $20 off your order. Well, that was much better. Jace Medical. Jace. Sorry to listen to that, Tim, but uh, yeah, I'll Jace do it Medical. tomorrow. Bull, you got it. Tomorrow. Yeah, come in tomorrow. I don't tomorrow know if we're allowed it. to do it. <laughs> What's up, Tim? <laughs> What's up, guys? How are we doing today? What's up, man? Tim, you know who? Look, hey, hey, we're going to start this right off. Have you ever seen such? I thought that Kevin Stefanski was doing a good job. Here, here, lo and behold, Van Pelt is up out of here quickly and quietly. 
Like, you know, what do you make right. of that? What do you like? Is there was it a rift or how do you how do you go from saying this this guy did well because he had five different quarterbacks, but this guy don't call plays and he gets canned? <laughs> yeah, I, I was definitely caught off guard by the uh, the firings on offense after after the season. You know, I definitely didn't see that coming. Uh, you know, I thought Van Pelt had done a tremendous job since he had been here uh, with Stefanski, you know, especially, you know, talk about the revolving door at quarterback, what he's able to do uh, a year ago, what he's able to do this year with, you know, four or five different starting guys in there, getting guys prepared and winning football games. You know, it's, it's not easy to get that many quarterbacks prepared uh, throughout a season and, and uh, you know, kind of alter game plans and get get it ready for each uh, specific guy and go out there and take a team to the playoffs. So I was really shocked by the move. So, you know, to me, when I, when I look at that, it had to be something kind of going on. On, on the inside, maybe with their relationship or something. I'm totally guessing here. Obviously, I'm not in the building, but I thought on the field uh, he was doing a great job. So, you know, it just kind of leads me to believe that maybe there was a rift between the two of them. Tim, how much we, – we opened the show with this, and you're the perfect one to ask this to. How much influence should a quarterback have in choosing an offensive coordinator, and how much do you think Deshaun will have? Yeah, you know, I think he uh, should certainly be involved. Uh, you know, I think he should uh, he should put it, uh, they should get his input, what he feels comfortable with. Do you know anything about this guy? This is a system he runs. How do you feel about it? I think they should definitely go to Deshaun. You know, they've invested a ton of money in Deshaun. They're building this thing around him, so he should certainly have input. You know, but I think at the end of the day, it comes down to Stefanski. You know, Stefanski's going to be the one probably calling the plays still. He's called him since he's been in Cleveland. I'm sure he wants to con- uh, continue doing that. So it's probably going to be one of those situations where he brings a coordinator in saying, hey, uh, you know, I'm still going to call the plays. You're going to be involved in the game planning and those kind of things. So someone's going to have to agree to that more than likely. Uh, but I think Deshaun should have a say. You know, I don't think he should have all the say by any means. I think it's ultimately up to the uh, to the head coach because he has to work with him on a daily basis, preparing game plans and practice schedules and, and all those kind of things. So, uh, you know, I think uh, – but but I do think he should have, have some input. Tim, if, if it, with the Browns coming off this season, which they had no business winning 11 games with all the injuries they dealt with. Right. Kevin Stefanski's in, coming up to the last year of his contract. If If – they're bringing in a new OC, and if Kevin Stefanski doesn't get an extension, if you're a player, are you are you thinking like, what's going on here? Is there something wrong? Would that would that cross your mind as a player or no? Yeah, I, w- I would think so. You know, I just listened to you guys before I came on. You're talking about the history of the Browns and the coaches they've had, and you're talking about Hugh Jackson getting an extension after going 0-16. <laughs> you know, Stefanski certainly deserves an extension. You know, it's kind of head-scratching at this point why why they haven't done it already. You know, I think he's done an unbelievable job. Um, you know, he took the team to the playoff twice already. He's won a playoff game. He This year, I thought he did an unbelievable coaching job. Uh, you know, we talked about all the injuries they've had on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, and then on the defensive side of the ball, bringing in Jim Schwartz to shorten up that uh, uh, the defense and getting them playing at a very high level. I thought he did an amazing job. He certainly did, uh, deserves an extension. They haven't had a whole lot of success in Cleveland. They've only been to the playoffs three times since 1999, and and uh, Stefanski taken them twice out of those three times. So in my opinion, it's uh, it's, it's overdue, and they need, hopefully they can get it done soon. Tim, have you ever seen a situation where a head coach was forced? to take on a coordinator that wasn't his guy? And if so, how does that play out? You know, I'm trying to trying to think if I've been a part of that or not. I, it, I, I don't think so. Um, uh, you know, personally, I don't think I've been a part of it. But obviously, you know, I've seen it around the league. And, you know, it, it always seems like it's um, it's uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable situation because, you know, they're, they're, they clash 
uh, you know, with their with their philosophies a lot of times and what in their way of thinking and how how plays should be called. There, there's certainly an art form to calling plays. You know, it's a very very difficult thing. Uh, that's why these coordinators make so much money at the college level, and and, and they're so uh, valued at the NFL level as well because it's um, it's hard to do. You know, it's it's not just you know looking at a page and, and dialing things up randomly. You know, it's setting up plays at the beginning of the game to come back and attack them later. Uh, you know, seeing how they adjust to certain formations and shifts and motions and all those kind of things. There, there's certainly an art form to it, and and guys really have to be dialed in and on the same page in that situation. Tim, this isn't a trick question. Um, <laughs> What is the identity of the Cleveland Browns offense? You know, that, that is a tough one. You know, and the first thing that jumps out in my mind is it, it goes through Nick Chubb when he's healthy. Uh, I think they're a, they're a run first team. They're a play really good defense, run the football, uh, get big plays off of play action with Deshaun, get him outside of the pocket, you know, some of those things. So, you know, I think the, I think this offense needs to run through Chubb. Uh, you know, I think that's when they're at their best. That's when, you know, they're moving the football. They're putting points on the board. They're staying ahead of the chains. You know, Nick is one of those guys who doesn't get many negative yard plays. He's always going forward. He's four, five, six yards a carry. Uh, you know, so I think you, when you have a running back like that, uh, you know, you know, he, he, you build it around him. You know, he's a special, special football player. In my opinion, I think he's, if not the best running back in the league, he's top two or three for sure. And, uh, you know, I think when you have a guy like that, you have to run through him. But, you know, you're also paying Deshaun a lot of money, too. So, uh, you know, you want to, you know, showcase his skill sets as well. And like I said, I think Deshaun is very good at the play action pass and, and throwing the football down the field. And, and certainly that comes off of uh, a good run game. So the play action is more effective to the defense. So, so quick follow up. The reason I asked that question is if I feel like that's the way that the team is, that that's their MO. If you talk to Leroy, right. if he thinks that you talk to Joe Thomas, same thing. So why is there this whole thing where they're trying to figure out how to build it around Deshaun Watson. Then, if you if you know it's Chubb, wouldn't you say, right. okay, well, let me build out the thing so we can have the offensive line do our thing with Chubb? But it just seems to be that they're trying to transition, but they're they're not <laughs> being successful in transitioning from a running team to a predominantly pass team. Yeah, you know, I, I just think, uh, you know, they, they, they had a lot of injuries, you know, on the offensive line. Obviously, Chubb was out. And then, you know, with, uh, you know, with Deshaun, you, you're paying $230 million, and it's a quarterback-driven league. Um, and, you know, the, you, you feel like you have to get big plays in the passing game. I understand that. You know, I understand why they want to, you know, get Deshaun, you know, comfortable within the system and kind of showcase his skill sets and, get, and do everything that he's capable of doing with it. But I think, you know, it, it, it makes a quarterback's job so much easier when you do have that running game, you know, I think if, you know, if I'm a quarterback and I got a guy like Nick Chubb, I'm thinking, let's run it through him. You know, and my job becomes very simple. You know, if we're, if, if Nick Chubb is doing his thing, he's leading the league in rushing. You know, it comes, it becomes pretty easy to throw the football, you know, especially on early downs when they're loading the boxes to stop Nick Chubb. Uh, you get a lot of easy completions. You should have a very high completion percentage. And then also you have some opportunities for some big plays down the field. So, you know, I, I don't know why they're they're kind of uh, kind of transitioning to that. You know, in my opinion, it's it's run this thing through Nick Chubb until you know he's in. Uh, you know, if he's healthy, you know, if he comes back looking like his old self, you run it. You continue to run it through Chubb and until the wheels fall off. In my opinion. Well, the only thing I'll say, Tim, is he's due sixteen million this year, and he ain't going to see that. And I, I, I'm not even sure he's going to be back on this team. I think he is, right? You I watch think, your mouth, Jason. I, I want him back. I think we're <laughs> all. In, I think we're all in agreement he should be back, but he's not seeing sixteen million this year on that contract. So he's going to have to take a lower base with maybe some incentive. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is going to look like, 
but that's got to play a factor in this too. Uh, it's just what I think you nailed it. Deshaun's making $230 million and it's a passing league, and they're going to squeeze every right. dollar they can out of this, or at least they're going to try. I don't know. Yeah, There's not really a question you know, in there. They gotta, yeah, well, I think I agree with you. you know, I think what they have to do, if they're going to go that route, they got to go out and get Deshaun Watson some help this offseason. You know, they got to get him yes. some more weapons at wide receiver. Yep. You know, and obviously, like Amari Cooper had an incredible year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we like them. We, yeah, we we love them. We just want to add a couple more big players to, to, to the group and let those guys be complimentary guys. So <laughs> we need a few more David Bell's. Comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. And Anthony That's Schwartz is for. still available if we decide to go back to that one. <laughs> right. right. So is that yeah. is that the, when you look at this team? Is that the number one need? I I think I I, I mean I think it yeah. is a playmaking receiver. But w- when you look at this team with their top draft pick, whether they keep it or trade it for a player, where should they go with it? Yeah, you know, to me, it's obvious it's wide receiver. And, you know, that big play wide receiver, you need some speed out there. You know, Amari is probably the best route runner in in all the NFL, in my opinion. The guy can create separation. He can get open. But he's not one of those guys that you're really scared of getting behind the defense. You know, I think if you get one of those big-time wide outs on the outside that really scares and, and stretches the defense and loosens up the coverage, Amari becomes even more effective on the on the other side, you know. So he's he's going to get open. He's going to find the holes in zones. He's going to create space and um, uh, against man coverage as well. So you know, I, I think it's obvious you go wide receiver and try to build this thing. And you know, like we said, you know, they're going to you know they're transitioning to more of a you know throwing uh, uh, offense with Deshaun and you know getting him back on the field after the shoulder surgery and hopefully he's healthy. But you got to get the weapons. You know, obviously Najoku had a career year. You're set at tight end. You got a really strong offensive line once everybody's back and healthy. Um, you know, you just have, you got to add playmakers, um, you know, to this offense to really make it go at full speed. Tim, this is obviously it's the first time we've spoken to you since the disaster last Saturday. How shocked were you? Maybe not necessarily that the Browns lost, but just how they lost that game. Yeah, I was shocked at both, really. You know, I thought that was a game that they were going to go on the road and win. Um, you know, I, you know, they played them a few weeks earlier. And just, you know, they looked like a, a much better football team than Houston. But, you know, I give C.J. Stroud a lot of credit. You know, I really do. I didn't think a rookie quarterback would be able to thrive in that situation, making his first playoff start. You know, I thought, I thought the Browns and Joe Flacco had a huge advantage going into this game. Uh, with just the experience level of Joe and some of the other guys that have been in playoff games. But Houston played a great game. Uh, they, they really uh, had a great game plan for our defense. You know, that's that's the first, uh, maybe the first game I can remember all season long where the defense really just looked uh, kind of lost. And in the offense, Houston was kind of doing whatever they wanted, getting a lot of big plays in the passing game. Like I said, CJ uh, played unbelievable. And then, uh, you know, the turnovers with Joe, uh, you know, he, he had made, uh, you know, quite a few this year. But, you know, the back-to-back, obviously, pick sixes are going to kill you in any football game. And it, the wheels just kind of fell off in that one. But, you know, it's just hard to it's hard to feel disappointed in this team for, you know, making a playoff run with everything that went on this year with all the injuries. So, you know, I think obviously it's a huge success this year. And a lot of that credit goes or all the credit, most of the credit goes to uh, Coach Stefanski and his staff for getting these guys ready week in and week out, bringing in the necessary players they needed to just to compete uh, each week when guys were going down and, uh, and just bringing in the right pieces and, and ultimately getting a playoff uh, season out of this thing. All right, Tim. Thanks for your input throughout Wait, the season. Before we let Tim Probably, go, uh, hold on. We got one more. We got, got one more. Tim. Tim, I, I'm putting you on the spot here. I should have asked you earlier. Bad job out of me. But in our WKYC TV show today, we're ranking the top ten plays of the Brown season. In your mind, Tim, what was the okay. best single play from the Brown season this year? I know I'm putting you on the spot. Bad well, job out of me. Top of his head. That's, yeah, that's tough, Mike. Yeah, that's, that's, that's tough. Just number one. Do I have some options? 
Oh, yeah, man. a couple ones that are candidates one. from us are the Amari Cooper touchdown catch for Chicago, Newsom's pick six, Miles Garrett blocking the field goal, Jerome Ford's run. Those are a couple that will be on the list it's in some order. Uh, I would probably have to go with the Miles Garrett uh, blocking the field goal. That, that's an unbelievably athletic play for a guy that size to be able to jump over the line. And block the field. He, he played. That was that was the best, one of the best defensive games I've seen uh, anyone play in the last several years. In that game, he just dominated and controlled that whole game and and, ch- and changed the outcome of that football game. And so I would probably go with with Miles on on, on the uh, top play. Tim, where's your son going? You allowed to say? Is he picked up a college? Uh, not yet. So we got one more visit coming up uh, uh, next weekend. We're going to go up to Boston and uh, we're visiting Holy Cross. So we're going to choose between Kentucky and Marshall and uh, probably Holy Cross at that at this point. So we'll uh, we'll see. He's uh, he just wants to take that one visit, go see it in person before he makes a decision. So we're yeah. probably going to be there in the next couple of weeks or so. Nice. Hey, Tim, Good luck. Um, let me get let me just say something very quickly. I don't I don't know if it'll matter or not in the long run. My nephew just completed his freshman season at Holy Cross. He played here at okay. St. Ignatius and could have gone to any number of Power 5 schools. He had some really named schools on his list. He chose Holy Cross. He has zero regrets. Loves the academic experience. He's brilliant. But more importantly, right. yeah. he played. He played at a high level. And it is still possible, even though it's only happened, I think, once, to go from the NFL from Holy Cross. Um, so, it. If it makes any difference, if you want to talk more about it, give me a call off the air. I can give you more details, but your son's going to love it when he goes and visits, and you will too. I appreciate that, Jay. I've heard, I've heard nothing but good things. I heard their facilities are unbelievable. They're top-notch up there, so yeah. really looking forward to getting up there and seeing the campus and stuff. Well, at least he don't need NIL. He good in That's that right. <laughs> He good. Dad, no, you know what? Dad, Dad is the NIL. That's, That's right. NIL. Yeah. Yeah, I've, been, I've been NIL since the day he was born, so I guess I'll continue to do that. Isn't that the truth? Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. All right, guys. Enjoy it. See you. Thanks, oh, That's a great We're line. Get to That's our, uh, great. We'll get to our playoff preview in one sec but i have a question for g bush specifically after a quick word from fanduel the nfl regular season may have wrapped up but still plenty of time to get in on the action with fanduel america's number one sports book and right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets guaranteed just by placing a five dollar bet that's 150 bucks in bonus bets win or lose and the best part about fanduel is it's simple and easy to use and they have so many different options and ways to bet including live same game parlays you can find bets in the new explorer tab you can make a parlay in the parlay hub which is the best and most popular way to find pre-made parlays and so much more so make sure you visit fanduel.com slash ucss to make your first bet a layup fanduel an official partner of the nfl g bush yes sir two minutes real quick then we'll move on to our playoff preview then talk a little calves but austin Watkins declined a futures contract uh, opportunity with the browns he signed with the philadelphia eagles on a similar futures reserves contract <clears throat> Will the Browns regret not giving him more of an opportunity to showcase what he can do in an actual NFL game as opposed to just showing out? Where'd he go? Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Oh, no. He ain't going to regret it. He going to get no ticket in Philadelphia. How does he get on the field in Philadelphia? I'm going to be real. They got A.J. Brown and Devontae. Sometimes Devontae Smith, I'll be like, where did he go? I know. Like, they got – but I understand what he's doing. Like, I would have gave him a shot. I don't know why – at the end of the year, it was like, yo, you got David Bell and I, I'm stunned by that. Cast of the cast of got the get along gang. I thought at least throw him out there a little bit, see what he got. Jason, do you know why they didn't give him a look? I'm trying to remember back the Bengals game. You get two practice squad elevations. Yeah. Who did they use the two 
on. I don't. I don't remember. I don't. I, I should. I mean, so I just was after Patterson. looking at our wide receiver play this year, and it was like it's not like these guys were tearing it up, and there's just no room for them. My God, give them a look. Call them up. Throw him a couple of passes and see what he can do. Yeah, I thought the Bengals game he might get a look. And the yeah. only thing, and, and who was the? Do you remember Mike? Who the practice squad elevations were? It was, it was Pat, wasn't Driscoll and Patterson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the kicker was, was. Yeah, Driscoll. And Driscoll. Right. So those were kind so of important you had spots. to have those. You but, had to have yeah. those. My God, I feel, you, I feel like when that happened. I think he took it as a signal, like, hey, it's, it's not in the That's cars probably why he yeah, left. It's not in the car. And, you know, they do like their receiver yeah, room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> that, that is a haymaker every time. It hits every time you say that. I don't know why. It just does. Because it's absurd. <laughs> and it was the company line the whole season. No, no, we don't need anybody. We like our receiver Yeah, he didn't get no You're going to die with it. Yeah. So I hope you love it. Shout out to Watkins, man. You know, he's one of the ones. I, I, I got to take that on my scorecard. You know, uh, I'm still waiting for the Imani base to pay off. <laughs> but I did get Sam Merrill, and I did get Dewan Jones. So, you know, it doesn't even out. You hit some, you, you, you miss some. some. You lose some. Well, if he does something well somewhere else, I'd still count that as a win. Yeah, you're exonerated. Yeah. yeah. If he gets some catches over there, I'm going to be doing victory laps. If he starts for the Eagles, I'm like, man, I need to be a scout. <laughs> All right. Well, that was easy. I appreciate it. We're going to move on. A little playoff preview here, guys. Looking ahead, can CJ do to Baltimore what he did to Cleveland this this weekend, this past weekend? Is it messed up that I, I'm, I'm scarred? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> like, I know it's my job, but I'm like, man. You know, I hope he does. Because yeah. if he does, it doesn't make our defense look like they were made out of wet paper the whole day. Yeah. So, I, I mean, my, my hope is he will go through that Baltimore defense, but – my expectation is he's not going to put up 31 points on them. I just don't see it. Was it is, is that Texans loss more disappointing than the Knicks loss? Yes. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah Hell, Jay I, I had him so. going to the Super Bowl. Right? I thought they'd go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, you right. I didn't have the Cavs right. going to the NBA Finals. You, no. You're right. But I didn't no. have the Browns I going mean, to the Super Bowl either. Yeah, the vitriol is. is I, I think we just gave the Cavs more. We just they just get it worse than the Browns. Yeah. You know, I don't, go, go ahead. Go, no, no go, you go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I was going to say, like, I apparently we, I caused a huge stir Monday by flippantly saying that like there was empty seats, and I thought that the noise was a little bit. Louder. <laughs> oh, you went viral. I said Houston. You did? Oh, yeah. Houston oh, was furious. No, viral. Text, multiple Texans players quote tweeted. Multiple. The whole city of Houston viral. was furious with me for really. Yeah, it was just a. That's hilarious. It was just a flippant comment. But I made. there were empty seats. Yeah, because I asked people that were at the game too. Mike came yeah, to the Cavs game the other night, and and I was talking to a couple of the reporters who were in Houston. And and Sean, the photographer here at Channel Three, is like, oh yeah, I was standing in the end zone. I saw him in like the Red Bowl and, and higher, and a couple other people like, oh yeah, there was certainly there's definitely empty seats. I didn't say it was half empty. I just said there were. I saw empty seats, and I thought it was. It seemed louder than what it is. So anyway, to the city of Houston, <laughs> to the Texans organization. Wow, are you gonna apologize? I sincerely apologize for absolutely nothing. <laughs> You're a bunch of cheaters. We know you're a bunch of... The city of Houston is sensitive over cheating allegations. Who would have ever thought that the city of Houston and their sports fans would be sensitive over cheating allegations? So for all of you... 
big bucket wearing, big belt wearing hillbillies. Let me tell you something. I am known on this show as being dead inside, as being the one person who doesn't care about anything. Thank you for relighting the fire inside of me and bringing out the pettiness within me. I will root against every Houston team till my dying day. I will piss on your grave every time a Houston team loses. Go Ravens. I hope they dismember you. And I hate saying that because I love CJ Stroud and I love D'Amico Ryans. I think they're great at what they do. But now you've made it to where I have to root against them. I hope the Ravens pound you into the ground. I will wear a Raven. I haven't worn a jersey in 40 years. I will wear a Ravens jersey on this show to celebrate them pounding you into submission. Uh, so yes, Houston, I'm not lying. Y'all have a crappy fan base and there were empty seats in the stadium. <laughs> Deal with it. Man, you better hope that Houston oh, doesn't win. I don't man. care. Okay, well, I don't do? care. Give do you, can we sell Houston to like Mexico? Can we just sell them? Do a trade. Just sell them. Sell just the whole state. Give them. Give them all just Texas. Give them back. Give them back. Me, Jay, you never go on rants, but wow. when you do, they are popcorn worthy, man. <laughs> that's that was that, great. It's the rage. That was Dang. fantastic. It was it an was all-time great. great rant. I am rooting for Houston because I hate Baltimore, but no, I'm rooting for I Baltimore because now I, I hate Houston. I hate. I hated it long before last week, but now I really. Just, I'm gonna go to Sam's Club during the game. I don't, you just, don't want anything to do with the result. No, no. The answer to the question is yes. Houston around. can beat Baltimore, no doubt. Yeah, no. I think the question was, can can C.J. Stroud do that to Baltimore's defense? Yeah, because I, I, I think, think so. they can win. I just don't see them. I don't see him putting up 31 points I, on the I mean, Baltimore defense. I, if he can do it to the Browns, he can do it to Baltimore. If, if, I, 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 C.J. Stroud put. If well, C. it's in Baltimore. That's you know that's another yeah, huge I hear difference you, but to me. If he if he put up them points against Baltimore. Jimmy Haslam going to start firing more people. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's like, this Stroud kid, I want one of those guys. Defensive coordinator has to go. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, you do know he has good, nothing to do with that. There's a good uh, joke I could tell about Jimmy Haslam with C.J. Stroud. but uh, No, see, <laughs> I, I think it's far. worse for the Browns if C.J. and the Texans offense go to Baltimore and score three points. It's, I think at that point, you're looking at your Browns defense saying, they could you couldn't stop them, period. Yeah. They were averaging eight yards of play. But the, but the parallel and, and, and Baltimore holds them to three points but or whatever, pa- that's not good. The parallel in the description is we gave you three first round picks on top of the quarterback. Yeah. So they looking at it like, oh, you we got the better of that and the three first round picks. Yeah. That hurts your soul a little yeah. bit. You like, even though it's not a direct comparison. Do you think Jimmy in an honest in a in an honest moment? would come out and and maybe not to the media, but tell friends, yeah, I shouldn't have made that deal. Or do you think that he, in his heart, says, well, this deal's going to take us to a Super Bowl? I think they're still holding on for another year. Oh, he's so he hasn't yet it. said that this was I, a I don't, I, don't, I don't know, but I, I just think, yeah. I think that they'll give it another I mean, he year. did give Let's you an face extension. It, Jimmy's not the sharpest tool in the shed, so I think he still believes it. There's a lot of people that always say this. Yeah. You never apologize. You double down. Now we all know oh, they've doubled down. <laughs> That's what they're doing. Here. I think they're tr- they done tripled down. This is they, everything is on this year. That's it. They acted yeah, like yeah because this- if this year doesn't go well, you have to start thinking about a new quarterback. <laughs> this is what you call in poker pot committed. Yeah. Chips yeah. are in the middle of the 100%. table, and you're chasing an inside straight on the river, <laughs> and you ain't getting out. And you now. only have one of the five <laughs> cards you need. By the way, teams teams that uh, in the Ravens case. Remember, they sat their guys week 17. They did. Then they had a bye. They're an active almost. <coughs> right. So the, the team teams in their scenario that rested guys the last week, then had a bye, are three and four straight up, 
one in six against the spread. Which goes along with the trend previous to yeah. that. Yeah. Now, it doesn't always go with the trend. But San Francisco uh, did the same thing, by the way. Rested starters week 18, had yeah. to buy. So yeah, I ain't seen Lamar Jackson in weeks. Yeah. I Not he, to mention Lamar Jackson's track record in the playoffs is pretty awful. So who are you guys picking? Baltimore? Baltimore. Baltimore. Straight up. Yeah, straight spread. up. I'm picking Baltimore. Ravens. What about on the in the other game? Wait a second. Straight up or versus the Yeah, spread? straight up. Just pick it straight up. Who's, who's winning? I'm picking the Texans to win the game outright. Wow. Wow, wow, so wow. I guess it doesn't matter, points spread or not. What about the other game? Traitor. Kansas City Buffalo. You're a traitor. <laughs> I got I got Buffalo winning this. Yeah. Oh man. If that's gonna be a great game. Yeah, it is. It is gonna be a fantastic ba- game. Ba- I'll pick a Buffalo too because the Kansas City Josh Buffalo's has ba- looked like the Kansas City. Yeah. Kansas City has had like, you know, the Bengals had Kansas City's number, and then last year in the AFC championship game, the Chiefs got over that. Kansas City's had, uh, conversely, Kansas City has had Buffalo's oh, right. number. Man. If Buffalo think- can't win this time at home for the first time, this is the first road playoff game that Patrick Mahomes well, has ever played. Outside of the Super Bowls that were neutral That's sites. That's not road. Yeah, no, it's a neutral site. Yeah, but it's not home. It's a true road game. This right. is a road yeah. game, no neutral site. Right. It's the first time he's ever had to do it. And it's going to be a road game. It's going to be oh, yeah. crazy. Now, the weather doesn't matter because they play in that same Josh, No, but I'm talking about the crowd. Josh going to be bonkers. Josh Allen is out here playing like Captain America right now. I don't like it. He's just running people over. <laughs> I feel like that. How about that touchdown run he had last week? Yeah, he's oh, running away nah, from people. That I'm was like, crazy. It was ridiculous. I'm like, yeah, he's he in his bag right now. Like, I can see this game actually being kind of a low-key blowout. Did you guys see the meme about Josh Allen and his career? How he had zero scholarship offers coming out of high school. He went to JUCO and played one season and sent coaches, 1,000 different coaches. He mailed them their link with his huddle uh, highlights from his one year at JUCO. He got one callback. It was from Wyoming. One. So weird. And by the way, it's not like he was six one and grew into this guy. Right, he was right. that guy coming out of high school. He was very inaccurate. He was. He gained but, a lot of accuracy in, in his first year at JUCO and was still even inaccurate. Yeah, but even in at, college, he wasn't he was, very accurate. He was, but compared to his high school, I think that was the knock on him. He's throing the ball all over the place. Yeah. He was like the fastball pitcher that but he didn't know if it was going to make any sense because his, his one, athleticism and his size. I know. one co- He got one callback, and the only reason that Wyoming saw him they went to one of his JUCO games and were scouting another player on the JUCO team that Josh Allen played for. And That's they said, weird. wow, that, you, that kid's got a lot of tools. Because he was rough, there's no question. Yeah. But he's got a lot of tools. And when Wyoming announced his signing, they actually said something to the effect of, here's the guy that's going to lead our program for the next four years. I, and look at him now. The transfer portal has shown you one thing. People used to think Power 5 teams only had good players. Now, Power 5 teams is like, oh, let me go get that left guard from Kent State and start him. Like, there's good players everywhere. Like, you know, development at certain ages, maybe you don't even have a – everybody don't even have gyms, weight rooms, or even a weight program. So, a lot of these kids is got raw talent. They get them in the program, and then they find out, oh, this guy's a late bloomer. And now these late bloomers, instead of staying where you are, they're like, I was telling Tim, hey, you go to Holy Cross, you're going to have to watch out – Two years, Florida State would be like, hey, sure. we, got, we got a spot for you right here. Yeah, if you flash enough, you're going to be looked at. Let me ask this. So I think everybody but Bull thinks it's going to be Baltimore. You've got Houston. Um, I think Buffalo. 
Buffalo. Buffalo. So Buffalo swoop. I, to me, that game feels like the AFC Championship. I'm yeah. taking KC for the record. To me, you're taking Kansas City. I said all year I just felt like the Chiefs were bored and they pull it together. But man, I don't know that I can say that anymore. I mean, There's, they played they, well last yeah, week. But there just feels like there's something it, it, it's, it's, internally is just not the same. Oh, you them. do. You, I, yeah. It just feels that way. They right? throw on, like they throw helmets every week. They the Chiefs never had to throw helmets. Well, I don't know. We've seen. Patrick Mahomes doing some of that this year. I, the, yeah. Oh, you mean until this and, year? Until this year. Oh, you're right. It was Patrick Mahomes used to walk around with that hoodie on, that little Parker coat, cocky. Yeah. Like, guys, we got this. We got this. That so little good. mohawk hanging out. He has no and frustration. No frustration. Boy, He'd be this chilling. Year's this year is different. different. Seth Wickersham wrote a great story. He had they had two back to back. I love Seth. Oh, he's great. Unbelievable. He's, he's great. And they they did a really nice job. Him and a couple guys that. Uh, they did a cup. They, they did one on uh, the Patriots and the and the unraveling of Belichick and, and Kraft. Terrific. Go read it if you've got the time. And then he came back with one on Mahomes, and he talked to Steve Young about the the Taylor Swift effect and everything and going right. on. And people roll their eyes at it or whatever. And Steve's like, "It's real. It's this thing that you live in." And Steve would know, like quarterback in the NFL. And he said, "It's not necessarily anything that you talk about or that feels like a distraction or anything." But it's just this weight that just it just hangs over follows everything. you and you just feel there's also it. some stuff there with the wives. Yeah, in that situation. And that's real. Like I've talked yeah. about I've, ta- I've talked about that well, with the that whole yeah. but I've talked about Man. that cult. I've talked about Jeez. that with the Baker and the Deshaun thing like, like a lot of the wives were close with Emily and then you know and they get rid of Baker and, the, and these guys go home and have to hear it from their wives of why they get rid of them and da, 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 da. And, and that's real that happens. Man. And so there's that mm. sort of thing that you just hangs build over a wall it. between that. Yeah. So like, so it just it just feels like something. Mm. I'm not saying it's Taylor Swift, but I just thought it was an interesting note that Steve Young went there in that article and said it's just this yeah. thing that you feel that just like, hangs over. It, it still can't surprise anybody if the Chiefs win this game. Though. No, of course. Oh, not. it won't surprise me. It, no, yeah. we'll I'm say just, we'll I'm say just, I'm picking the Bills. I'm picking the but Bills too. Listen, but. it wouldn't surprise me if the Chiefs make the Super Bowl. I, I, I no, think, no. I don't think they're going to win it. I just don't. Well, if they could get there, why couldn't they win it? I just think that San Francisco's. To me, San Francisco is the team that's most equipped to win the Super Bowl. Uh, when you get really, 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 really famous, like, okay, like, I don't think there was anything wrong with Tim Tebow. He was just extra good. <laughs> he was extra churchy, right? <laughs> churchy. He was just extra, like, what, praise and worship service. Right. Like, but he, he was, he was but super was, churchy. But it was this thing where it was just like, it was like, <laughs> it just weighs on you because you go from, if you that famous, there's going to be some people that like you. And then there's going to be a whole lot of oh, people who dislike Oh, them. I'm glad you said that yeah, because yeah, sure. there is nobody, name him, that's universally loved. You're who, right. Who is it? No. No. Nobody. Mm. No. And if, and, 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 Denzel and Washington. Oh, I'm not no, there, there, he has detractors. How could anybody hate Denzel you know Washington? Funny? You know what's really wild about that is most famous people don't know that and they want to be universally loved. Yes. And it's that, and I've had famous people tell me, it took me a long time before I realized, oh, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to be, I mean, look at LeBron. I was just going to, I spent every day with a man who for four years <laughs> yes. wanted nothing more than to be loved by everyone. That's because it. for the first 15 years of his life, 16 years, you know, of his, you know, up until he was a high school senior, and nobody, there was no knock on LeBron. James Earl Jones. Who doesn't love James Earl Jones? I'm sure someone doesn't no, like No, James Earl Hey, real quick, guys, before we move on to the Cavs, give us your just who wins in the NFC matchups. You have Bucks, Lions, and 49ers, Packers. Who are your Lions, winners? Niners. Lions, Niners. Yep. Same. Lions, Niners. 
Ah, Which means it'll be the Packers. Those damn Packers. (laughs) Those damn Packers. I don't know what's gotten into Jordan Love. He done threw like 20 20 touchdowns and one pick. What's interesting is we have the same thing going on in the AFC as we do the NFC. The number one seed is going to play a team that just came from nowhere and their quarterback looked like he's all world. Mm -hmm. And the same thing's going to happen in the NFC. And I think both matchups are fascinating, but I think both matchups will end I'm, with the favorite winning. I'm gonna go on. A, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say, give me the upset. I'm gonna take Green Bay. Really? Mm. I'm gonna take Green Bay. I Why? was really impressed. The way they did Dallas was dirty. Yeah, they did. <laughs> they did them. I think dirty. That's a, I think uh, <laughs> uh, Green Bay beating San Francisco is a much bigger upset than Houston. I, beating I do Baltimore. too. I do too. So that'd be the biggest upset of the yes, weekend. Yes, Green, Green Bay. Bay. Yeah, Green yeah, Bay. yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Upset. Yeah, I. Agree I think with it's that. far more. Well, like, I mean, I just think San Francisco's. Is San Francisco the betting favorite right now to win the Super Bowl, or is it Baltimore? Only it's, because the NFC is doesn't have as tough competition. No, I know, but I, I I'm just asking because I don't I know think the answer. So. They're yeah, slight yeah. favorites, just and once so again, San Francisco slight is. over Baltimore, but it has to do with the NFC as opposed to sure. The, there's the no question. The if, if Buffalo beats Kansas City, there's nobody beating Buffalo. I'm convinced of that. I, I think Kansas City's the only team that can beat I, them. I, I, I'm going with you, Bull. Well, baby. that's that's I, my that's my Super Bowl, Super Bowl yeah, pick: Buffalo them. and San Francisco. All right, guys, we have Jason Lloyd in here. We have Jason. We always like to talk a little Cavs because no one knows the ins and the outs of the Cavaliers better than our guy Jason. But first, I know we come to sports to escape from the crazy realities of real life, but can we just talk about preparing for real life for a quick minute? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of important antibiotics right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade, and that's scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than one of my loved ones or my friends and family getting sick with a supply chain issue, keeping them away from life-saving medication they need. But it's okay, because thankfully, we have Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics that treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, and it can happen to any of us, which is the scariest part. But luckily, JaceMedical.com with the Jace case helps you complete your physician encounter online. It gets reviewed by a board-certified physician, and then your medications get dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at just a fraction of the regular cost. So it's never been more important to be prepared than today. So go to JaceMedical.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and get $20 off. Your first off. I, Much I, better. I, that was way better, better Mike. Hey, hey Bull. But, but I, he didn't, See, I, I got him going there. But there. There was no medications listed. Where's the list of medications? <laughs> no, he didn't go to Moxicillin. Next, I don't need the medications. Thursday. I had a little change of tone along the way. I had a little more energy. It felt real and less reading. Bull, well who's done. the best in the industry at live reads? Oh, that's easy. It's me. <laughs> but besides that, he knew that was coming. Uh, yeah, he knew that was coming. I mean, people still. I haven't. Perino Holmes. I have people. I haven't done a commercial live on air in two years, and people still see me and go, "Delmonico's, baby." Yeah, was that your tag? Did you come up with that? Damn right, I came up with that. Yeah, that was that was nice. Do they Uh, still use that? Does anybody still? I don't know if they still use it. I think Howard Stern is good at them, but his aren't reads. He just yes, you know, but he's not as good as he used to be. Turns it into a story. No, he half-asses it a little bit now. You can uh, for me. Yeah, Howard Stern is nowhere near where he used to be. Well, now I thought late night or early, yeah. uh, late eighties, early nineties. Howard Stern. I was the best ever. Untouchable, the he's best still, ever. It's funny though because he gets. I know we don't want to talk about this too long, but thirty seconds. He now he gets great guests, which he never got there. Right. And his interviews are very good. I think he's the, the rest best of the interview. show yeah. sucks. Right. Besides his interviews. Yeah. By the way, shout out to, to Shannon Sharp Club Shay Shay. Oh, he's on making one interview. Up. 
Wow. Cat Williams won interview. And look at what that's called, spurned. The number one podcast in America right now yeah. because Amazing. of Cat Williams and his crazy Club, rant. Club Shay Shay? Club Shay Club Shay. Shay, Shay. Shout out to I do not find Cat uh, Williams funny. Well, he didn't like, got to be funny. Uh, He's boy. a cultural phenomenon Con- right controversial now. Controversial now. Next Thursday, by the way, I'm going to have the best Jace Meta career of all time. Trust me. I love have, it. I have it in I the love plans. It. Next Thursday when Jace Meta comes We're back. Raising the bar. The weekend. Raising gonna, the bar I, I, here, yeah, baby. Yeah, raising the bar to levels that Jace Medical Reed has never gone to. Can I make a recommendation? Nice. Don't read it. Oh, you'll see. Trust me. Just, yeah. are, are I, you, I, just, I have a whole thing planned. I have a whole thing planned. It's going to be phenomenal. Are you going to eat some of the medication? No, but I may do, I may do a little acting, and it may be a package <laughs> play out. So. I like it, Mike. I like we'll you bringing it up a but notch. We have Jason here, and the Cavs, at this point, they've played 39 games. Some teams have played 42. This is the midway point of the NBA season. The Cavs are red hot right now. They're without some of their best players. But the question I want to ask you guys today, at the halfway point of the 2023-2024 NBA season, do you believe the Cleveland Cavaliers are in that bubble of legitimate NBA title contenders? I don't. I'll just – that's all I have to say on it. Now you guys can go. Jason? No, I don't think they are. I don't think they are. They're, they're good, but I don't think they're ready to be the Boston type uh, Milwaukee when they're whole and healthy and right. popping. G? Denver. Uh, they're not in that category. Cool later, no? Man, this is tough. Because Kool-Aid tanks in the NBA. I don't even know. <laughs> you know, I've been tough one. Is then. it Fago? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to actually say yes. He, and the reason why is if you can win a first-round playoff series, get into the second tier, and if you get a, a matchup where, look, hey, you, you, Embiid has been out. They got Maxi. He's been playing out of his mind. But you look at the teams, like, the teams that we thought was going to be there are, are there. Uh, you know, Indianapolis, they're below the Cavs right now. Uh, the Raptors are. The Magic, who started off good, were. Um, there's a lot of teams. The Hawks are trash. It's basically three teams, and the Bucks don't really play no defense. So their defense has gone down. That trade for Damian Lillard really hurt them defensively. You got Boston in the mix. Obviously, they the top of the, the food chain. But look, Miami just showed you what – a hot run, a good score, or, or alpha guy, you can make it to the finals like they did. And if you're shooting the ball well, shooting is improved. Now, am I, am I going to pick them to win the East? No. But do I think they can get to a second round and make that very competitive and, and possibly go to a game seven? Sure. But second, that, round, second round's a long yeah, way that, from that, the that, NBA that, Finals. I think the question was, are they are they a finals team? So, so if, you win, if you win two rounds, right, where would that put you? You at least well, have, to get, you in the, you at least have to get finals. to the conference yeah, champions. Yeah, let me ask you guys this. Let me ask you guys this. Do the Cavs have one of the ten best players in the NBA? No. No. When's the last time a team won an NBA championship without one of the ten best players in the NBA? I don't know you can name a time. 2003. Detroit. That's the one that everyone's how Then how are the Cavs a contender? Not. I could argue some of them Spurs teams. Them, them Spurs teams with, with, with they playing Careful. LeBron. Them Spurs teams. I don't know. Tim, they had Hall of Famers. I, I, but at that Tim point, Duncan, but at that point, was Tony they top Parker? 10? Yes. I, I gotta go. Tim look. Duncan was. I gotta go. Look, if they man. weren't, when, they had a number of guys in the top they twenty-five. Had, when the Raptors won, was Kawhi a top ten NBA player? Of course. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. He was absolutely. So then he was in, in San Antonio. Then they had Tim Duncan. You got Le- LeBron's championships. Yeah, I mean, I can't. That's think the, the one Warriors sport. championships with Steph. 
I mean, the Bucks had Giannis, the Nuggets. That, I mean, that's the one sport where Jokic. one guy. Yeah. Uh, we saw it. And that's for, it. We one it. guy we can, can carry a team in the NBA far more than baseball. Even an elite quarterback in the and NFL needs someone to throw to. Because there's only five guys on the floor. That's the right. only example that we can give is the Pistons 20 years ago. And that's what everybody and, clings to. And the game was so different then. It was. Much and before that, who was the last team? Like, I mean, you just can't win that way. I mean, the Lakers and Celtics runs, they had not just a, one top ten Right, players. the Bulls, the Pistons. Had, I mean, yeah, they, you know, it's just, the, the 1980-76ers. There you go. And then Dr. J? <laughs> and Dr. J was past his prime years out of here. Moses That's 40, that 45 years ago. <laughs> I just yeah. had to pull, I got to try to I mean, bro. Like, I, I don't understand, <laughs> like... I, does does anything oh, that's happening right now in the NBA matter? Well, to answer your question, real quick, sorry to yeah. interrupt. I think it would be the the seventy nine Supersonics. Lenny, what was their De- best player? But again, Denny, Dennis Johnson won uh, Finals MVP. But again, I'm not sure if he was top ten. The, no, he was. That does, does the game that they yeah, played then right, doesn't, doesn't matter. Even resemble. it's irrelevant. Right. No, no, so I know. I'm, I'm going. You have to go. So that there's far been back one team in the, the last thirty years, essentially. And that was t- over 20 years ago that won a championship without a top 10 player. That's years. the exception, not the rule. So, right. I, well, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Let's go back. The, the year that the Warriors won a couple years ago, I don't know if Steph's a top 10 player at that point. Oh, come oh, on. He absolutely was a top at 10 player. At that point? Yeah, yeah no damn question. Mind, G. What, what, what year mind. was that? Yeah. They won two years ago? Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, yeah he was. Are you, All right, geez, well, here's what geez, we, we go I love on. you, man. Come on. LeBron, we can start going. LeBron. You got Luka, you got Yoke Joker. You, that's three right there. <laughs> you got seven team. to go. <laughs> so hold on, let, let, hold on. Let, let's, no, Steph, let's think. Steph is top ten. He's he more like 10. nine. He's he's top he's 10. top ten. He's top ten. Where is Donovan Mitchell? Is he top twenty? Yes. Yeah, I think he's top yeah, he's 20. top fifteen. Might be. He's probably in that hold fifteen on. to twenty range. I, think I, he I don't. Might be top I don't know. Off the top okay. Of my head. The bottom he's line is around fifteen. The bottom line is no team besides that Pistons team twenty years ago has won a championship. Without, they have very little playoff experience. They have very little successful playoff experience. Yeah, they're playing really well right now. Beating crappy teams, good for them. It's great. It's fun. It's fine. They'll go to the playoffs. Maybe they'll win around this year. They're not beating Boston. We these teams are teams that know how to win in the playoffs already. The they're end, not winning any championship. We all know it. So let's not let's not mess around. There's there, there's always exceptions, but usually with the NBA, there's a progression to this. You get in. You get knocked out. That's what happened to them last year. Yep. Yeah. Then, then you, you win a little around, farther. Then you go another then you go round. Farther. It's what Boston did. Although yeah. Boston actually was ahead of the curve as quickly as they made the conference finals. I mean, it happened to Jordan. It happened to were. LeBron. It's just there is a progression. There's a progression to it. But is this team, have, have they taken a big enough step forward? I think, look, if they played the Knicks again in the first round, they might beat the Knicks. They might. Also, what's... I mean, right now, they're supposed to, you know, they're four and five. But this is what's but so complicated. I don't think they're getting past Philly, Boston, or Milwaukee but this in the playoffs. Is, this Who all is, have top ten players. This is, this is why it's so hard to figure out the Cavs this year. They've had 11 games with their starters healthy. 11. That's it. And they're six and five. That's it. And they're not going to have their starting lineup back for another few weeks at least. Darius just got the wiring out of his mouth from where he broke his jaw. But he's lost a ton of weight because he was on a liquid diet for the last month. He's nowhere near game shape, so it's going to take him another couple of weeks yet to get sure. the ramp back up. So now you're like up at the trade deadline before you're even whole again. So it's hard to like the I wrote about this the other day. The way that they're playing right now is fun and, and like it's incredible. We talk, we given all this praise to Stefanski for the way that he kept the Browns in it and the way that they got to the playoffs with all their injuries. 
JB's doing the same thing. Yeah, on G the cast. said that yesterday. But yeah. the difference, Jason, is that the regular season is not an indication of anything. Yeah, we learned that. I, I right. mean, I've screamed that every yeah. year, but yeah. that was never clearer than last year. Right. But uh, the point I'm making is like they're playing great right now, and if you look at their net rating, their top ten, which is incredible, since these guys went down, since Mobley and Darius went down, their top ten in net rating, they have the best winning percentage in the league. Since they lost Mobley and Darius. Now, right. yes, it's regular season. It doesn't matter. Da, 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 da. Okay, yeah. fine. You still have to play the schedule. You still have to play the games in front of you. And they're doing great. But when you bring these guys back in, Mike and I were talking about this at the game the other night. Can, can, can Mobley and Allen, can you run a successful offense with two non-shooting bigs playing next to each other? There's people in the Cavs who say yes. They think it can work. We haven't seen it yet. I'm not so sure. I mean, you know, we talked about before the show. If Mobley become a three-point shooter, it changes everything and unlocks everything. But he hasn't shown he's going to be there. <clears throat> Fixing the small forward spot with Max Struess helps. Like, that helps balance the floor, and it helps spread things out a little bit more. But Allen is playing out of his mind right now without yep. Evan there because it's, it's one in and four out. And the, when you put four shooters around one big, you can have a ton of success playing that way. And I've talked all year about it was supposed to be Evan. Evan was supposed to be yes, that guy. But he hasn't developed into that guy. And now he's hurt. And now Jared is putting up unbelievable numbers while Evan is out. So when you bring a ball dominant guard back like Darius and the ball flow isn't quite what it is now, when you put another non-shooting big next to Jared, can you still have this type of success? We only have 11 games to, to go off of. So it's unfair really to say yes or no. But when you look at the rest of the East, when you look at the talent, in Boston, in Milwaukee, in Denver, in the West. I look at the Cavs and think they're, they're, they're too young. Like, they, they just have to go through it. And I've said this before. Mobley could be a beast three or four years from now, five years from now. Darius Garland in three or four years could be a – they could be a great team in three or four or five years. Mitchell the, will be long. The problem though. is Donovan's contract is ticking a lot faster than three, four, or five years. Yep. So that's sort of the issue that the Cavs have right now. Are they a contender this year to win a championship? Probably not. But they're a good, fun, young team to watch. And that's that part of it. That's okay. I, I, you know, for me, and if that's enough, then status quo. Yeah, I think for a lot of people it is, right? You know, yesterday, ESPN, I saw my, uh, Steve text us that ESPN and ABC's ratings are up. I don't know what the Cavs ratings uh, are compared to last year on TV. I don't know. I either. feel like the last handful of years, we've gotten to a place in the NBA where the players and teams are telling us as clear as day. That the regular season doesn't matter. And it's hard for me to get excited now about anything in the regular season. When I was a kid, I regular season NBA, those guys played every game. They wanted to win every – and even if they didn't, you didn't know it. Now you know it. Milwaukee said, nah, we're not going to play tonight. And that's why I took exception. And that sucks. That's why I took exception with the Cavs last year saying, oh, 51 wins, 51 wins, we won 51 games. It's like, but you just tell us, every team tells us the regular season doesn't matter, so you can't come back now and take a victory lap for 51 wins when the regular season doesn't matter. Especially when you go one and three right. against the and Knicks. And to your and point, yeah. Michael Wilbon told a great story about when he was covering the Bulls and the one year, you could go look, I don't remember the year, but you can go look where like, all of the Bulls players played like 80 or more games. Yeah. Because Michael would go in the trainer's room and Scott would be up there getting taped. Oh, and I've heard this Whoever before. was over there. And Michael would go in the trainer's You're room playing. and go, go, get out, get out, go, go get dressed. You're playing. Get out of here. Because if you're in the trainer's room, you know, you're maybe not going right, to play right. that night. Michael's like, nope, you're fine. Go get dressed. We're suiting up tonight. 
And, we don't have and, that anymore. And that mentality. But the teams encourage that. It's not even yeah, the players. Yeah, right. It's not just it's the players. The teams encourage well, it's you. all about load management. <clears throat> and running in the red. And, and, and rest is important. It's important. <clears throat> and teams have tried to combat it by staying over an extra night, which mm. they never did before. Right. So if you if you got a long flight, rather than fly after a game and get to your next destination, whether it's home or another city at 4 a.m., you'll stay over and you'll fly the next morning so guys get a good night's rest. There's nothing wrong with that. But reduce. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know. But reducing the schedule is not it. Because if you go from 82 to 72, then they're only going to play 62. They're still going to sit 10. Sure. So there is no great. I, I still think the best solution in order to cut down on travel is you turn it into a baseball schedule. We've talked about this before. We've seen it a little bit. Where the, When the Cavs go to Milwaukee, they're going to stay in Milwaukee for three days. They're going to play two games. When you, when you go to a city, you stay there for X number of days. I'd be for that. It cuts down drastically. I haven't run the numbers, but it cuts down just logically on the amount of trips you have to take, right. on the wear and tear of the travel. It gets these guys more rest, and I think that's the way to go. And, t- and it's going that way more and more. The Cavs actually don't have any back-to-backs, I think, coming well, up. <clears throat> what would Maybe really? I don't know. There's some month this, this schedule yeah. where I, I just happen to notice the Cavs don't have any back-to-backs. Is I've it never February seen that because the All-Star break is Maybe. there, so there's a chunk of it out The already. easy solution is a solution they will never take because it will cost them money, and that's you cut the amount of playoff teams. This is absurd. No, there, you know what? There, <coughs> no league is going to, moving forward, cut inventory. No, I hear you, but that would solve the problem. Well, yeah, it would because, let's face it, how many times has a 5 through 8 seed made the finals? Well, what I you, think Miami last, last year. year. Yeah, Miami. What, what you well, didn't times, the Cavs one of those years was a five through eight seed? But I, I would argue you're probably going to see it more and more. Right, you would. You will you're, see you're it more going because to. the because the regular the, season means nothing. Yes. The better teams always used to be the one and two seeds all the time. Always. Now, right. now it changes a little bit because guys are sitting and they're what, resting. <clears throat> what you do is you incentivize playing, and you say you got to hit a certain amount of games, okay. or you're not first team All NBA. Certain amount. Well, they've done that. Well, they've done that. I, but I make it punitive. Like, you can miss, like, literally eight games. Right. But if 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 you if the rule was only four teams make the playoffs in each conference, again, it would never happen. I, but right. that would solve the problem. Well, I think what they're trying to do with this in-season tournament is they're trying to generate Horrible. enough revenue. But they did play hard for it, though. I thought it was a good product. I think it's a gimmick. I don't, I'm not in favor of it. I that think was it's embarrassing silly. the Lakers put up a banner for that. I, thought, yeah, I agree. <laughs> but I, I, hard. I think what they're trying to do is generate enough revenue off this in-season tournament to either reduce the number of games or whatever, do whatever to try and fix the regular season. I, I'm not sure it's going to work. play-in is awful. But that's the I think, I think that's one of the driving factors I like it. your suggestion on the baseball schedule. I really do. It makes perfect sense. Now, the pushback I've gotten is t- the teams don't like it because it's harder to sell the second game. When it's the same team in down for a Tuesday and a Thursday, it's hard, especially if it's a bad team, it's hard to sell that Thursday game. But if that's the best reason you have against doing it, to me, that's not good. If enough. you up the quality of the product overall in every other game, I think it's worth it. And I think it makes it, maybe it makes scheduling harder. I don't know that you can do that with every team, right? And I mean, you know, especially teams that share buildings. Who shares buildings LA. at this point? They still do. Oh yeah, yeah. For another year and a half, that's and then the Clippers Stadium opens. Yeah. Everybody else has their own. Yeah. I mean, make everything. I, I like that. I mean, make everything. A, yeah. What about realignment? And maybe you play a, or maybe the East never plays the West, and the West never plays the East. Mm. 
I would I would not like. It's funny because in baseball I don't like interleague, but in NBA I want teams to all play each other. Yeah, but, as an NBA <coughs> fan, I want to see LeBron come Absolutely. here. I want to see, and so I, it would be. Yeah, that's part of the, you know. That's part of the appeal. Despite your face, every team okay, goes we to every city. Chats. We got a couple super chats to wrap up the show, and super chats today are brought to us by FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. The NFL regular season may have wrapped up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, which, as I said, is America's top undisputed best sportsbook in the world right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed just by placing a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose, and the app is simple to use, and they have so many different options and ways to bet, including live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explorer tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best and most popular way to find pre-made parlays and so much more. So make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. A uh, couple super chats. Last one's a question, so I'll save the question for the end. The first one from Brody's bottom line says, I confirm what Jay said. It's perfect. I don't know what that's a reference to, but the know. shovel. He's talking about the shovel. Oh, the shovel. Perfect shovel. Oh, did, yeah, the uh, I'm telling you. Shorty Xander 13 said, I said a couple days ago, Joe Thomas is joining the Munich Ravens. Yeah, he's right. U- and he he's right. Yeah, then a YouTube channel. Yeah, we kind of crapped all over that news, yeah. but it's he's, <laughs> which is surprising because yeah. we asked Joe when he was here, any thoughts of getting into coaching or front office? And he said, yes, good when re- my kids are grown. Hey, good, good reporting. Hey, hey, listen, take that victory lap, dog. Maybe yeah, it's less it. of a commitment over it like it's less you know yeah the coach here it's probably, more year round yeah that's true yeah that's yeah true. we have no idea what it is but he is coaching shorty yeah. zander good call on that uh Brody's bottom line said did joe burrow tell cincinnati to pick jamar chase uh, i'm not sure i think that was in relation he was to involved much- in the conversation yeah by certainly. the way i think that's different we didn't have that conversation but i think that's a different conversation we were talking specifically about coach the reference is well joe burrow said he wanted the wide receiver that's different that's a personal relationship and an on-field relationship that if you had in college and it worked, yeah, you go to the general manager of the front office and say, right hey, for call. what it's worth, and it was the right Sometimes call. it works. Sometimes yeah, sometimes, sometimes it, it works. works. Sometimes Three it doesn't. Three more real quick. Uh, Charles T. said, G. Bush looks like Golden Corral, Tiger Woods. <laughs> and Charles T. <laughs> Charles T. also says, Jay always looks like the guy that would cut in front of you at the Matra D, uh, Mater D desk at the fine restaurant and says, my usual table and bottle, Brittany. <laughs> you know, I, I got to tell you, it's funny that you say that. Because my pet peeve, <laughs> and I've, I've heard a lot of my colleagues do it, and it makes my skin crawl to the point where I'll say something to them. My pet peeve in life is not even asking for that. I would never ask for that. But accepting it, I don't. If someone sees me in line and says, hey, you know, we've got something for it. Nope, I'm good. So I'm You're a better sorry. man than I am. I'm, I'm sorry, last I'm judge a- the book by an improper cover. I would never do that. I last totally would. Least, I absolutely would. Let yeah, me know you would. Yes, I would. Especially if the cheesecake back. If I'm hungry, We got one more. Last but not least, uh, Devoid Archangel, real quick, said Bill O'Brien at Ohio State. Good fit. Fan of the move, yes or no? Real quick. Uh, no. To be, to be determined, but so far. After what no, I heard last no, week, no. I'm not so yeah. sure about this. I, I'm only basing this off a football only. Someone told me yesterday after I was talking about the move and said the drama you get with him is a lot and it ends up ultimately being too much but the football product always improves and I, that's all I care about I care about the mm-hmm. football product on the field mm-hmm. and what they've done in the portal and what they've done with getting some kids and and this move and the athletic director that to me the move I most love is the athletic director things are going to move and shake in Columbus 
It's all about that and portal. And I love that. Ross Bjork's the man, I'm telling you. Yeah, I had someone else tell me yesterday that dealt with them at A&M. They were like, you are going to love what this guy does for Ohio when State. When Ross comes on the show, I'll tell you a story about why there's a good chance Ant and Director Steve are not here without Ross Bjork. I'll tell you that story when Ross Ooh. comes. Ooh, that would be interesting to hear. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Awesome dude. All right, great. Uh, we're taking a quick break. We're going to pop up in three minutes and ten seconds on WKYC. We are counting down the best ten plays from the Browns' 2023 season. No, the Joe Flacco pick six will not be one of them. <laughs> 